I actually can't wait to tell the joke this week. Is it that good then? <laughs> no, it's dreadful. Episode 9, the penultimate episode of our series. Series 1, nearly series done. One. Yeah, we're probably only going to leave it about... A week. <laughs> a week, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it'll be season 2. Um, well, hello and welcome. Um, hope you listened to last week's episode with our Who Wants to Be a Millionaire quiz. Andrew spent a lot of time editing it and, um, yeah, how was that process? Oh, I think the results speak for themselves. To oh, honest. yeah, mate. Yeah. I, I was cracking up listening to that. But, um, yeah, yeah but how, I was going to ask you how you found it with a guest, our first guest, and it being Jason and, and also Jamie. Did you not feel like we were guests on the Jason Smith show almost? <laughs> I think we could have expected that, really. Yeah. But he yeah. even said it himself, he likes being the centre of attention. So yeah. he clearly enjoyed himself. Oh, he was having a whale of a time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. I enjoyed it, though. We should. I reckon we should get a guest in maybe next week as well. Maybe yeah. not Jason, though. Yeah, someone a little less... Oh, careful. Someone a little less Jason, perhaps. Mm. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, I wanted to mention. I spoke to um, spoke to Steve Watling earlier, um, and he was saying, do you, "Do you remember a few weeks ago he asked us um, some ideas for baby names?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be pleased to know that Alex is actually their front runner at the moment. Awesome. So yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that. Oh, that's that's cool. like you've done some good. You could have named Steve's baby. Wow, that's that is that is quite a thing. Yeah, to say you've yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I thought you'd be be more excited. Oh, but well, that's, that's good to know. It's good yeah. to know. I'm, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not given to sort of outward displays of kind of. Oh man, that's fucking cool. Well, he did you say know. he did like he did also mention that Caractacus wasn't going to make it into the yeah. final list. So, how about Algernon? Oh, let's leave it. Um, mm. So Fair this enough. week, uh, I don't. We haven't got a quiz this week. We did. We did three quizzes in a row, and they were all excellent. Yeah. If I do say so a myself. Trick. Three and three. Yeah. Um, so we've just got a ton of well this week we actually had a little um, a we, twist we had a little bit of a twist where Andrew's collecting yeah. questions for me as well because the you know the format as you're probably aware by now is getting very stale and we're having to scrape the barrel a bit well now, so. in your opinion you know I've had fan mail have you of course I get fan mail every week mate. I, I don't well, yeah, that's because you, you you constantly sit here and go oh, it's rubbish it's stale no one listens who cares yeah like I, I'm the one, you know. I'm I'm all for this. You're the public face of this enterprise. Uh, <laughs> well, no, we both are, but you're the one that decides not to talk unless it's on the podcast. Yeah. I'm. I like to, you know, come out of the realms of it and interact with people. Yeah. You should do the same. Interacting this week, with people. Yeah. Well, this week you've done the same business. You've done the same. Yes. You've got, some, you've got yourself yeah, some questions yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. The tables will be momentarily turned. So, so we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to ask Andrew a question, and he's then going to ask me a question that you've provided. Yeah. And so, don't worry, we've also got Andrew's joke. Oh uh, yeah. 
of the week. Well, I'll tell you what, I actually have two and you can choose between them. Mm. Actually, I'll tell you what we should have done. What? I'll, I should have said, let's do a straw poll. Oh, right. On the, the theme of the joke this week, you have a choice between okay. an amphibian-themed joke <laughs> okay. or the joke which is allegedly where Iron Maiden got the name for their mascot, Eddie, from. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. But we can't ask them that now. Cause it's too well, late. no, you just have to tell both of them. Yeah. And only but next, next week, I'll see if I can do two jokes. Okay. We'll, I'll prepare two and we'll give them a, give them a poll. Cool. Well, we hope you're ready. We're all listening at work to, and uh, driving around and wherever you're listening, we wherever it's time of day. Ought to mention Terry Wogan, I suppose. Yeah, another. Oh, it's just happened again, isn't it? But yeah, that really sucks. I actually yesterday I dug out the old uh, episode of Never Mind the Buzzcocks that Wogan did. Yeah, it was excellent. And he's another. As, he's another... as Noel Fielding said, Terry, you're smashing it tonight. <laughs> Terry Wogan's just another one of them people with that voice. Yeah, it's just the voice. It's the voice and the cadence and yeah. uh, the delivery. The, I think it, I think it's it's the deadpanness of it that I really yeah. Really was like. it the um, what's it called the Euro Eurovision Eurovision? Yeah. That was always my favourite thing because it would just be made by him. Yeah, 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 yeah. commentating on the rating. I mean, I think Graham Norton does a good job as well. I haven't watched it I in like, years. No. I think Graham Norton is is a perfect successor to Wogan in in that respect. But, Fair enough. Uh, the original, I think, is still the best. Yeah. And it was clear, it was just the sheer, it was the obvious, the barely concealed contempt for the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, that's which it. Which was... Uh, <laughs> I wonder who Greece will vote for. Like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, do you want to go first with a question? Yeah, right. So, right. now you get to see how it feels to be publicly interrogated. I can't bloody wait, wait. Right. Question one. Steve Watling. Oh, hello, Steve. If Chris had to sleep with a chick with a dick or a manny with a fanny, which one and why? <laughs> a chick with a dick or a manny with a fanny, which one and why? Oh, that's a really horrible question to start with. Um, okay. Well, obvious benefits for a chick with a dick is she looks like a chick. But then, you know, going further south. Ah, that's a problem for me. Um, or a manny with a fanny. So, yeah. I guess if I had to, <laughs> I don't like answering this. If I had to, I'd, uh, maybe a manny with a fanny, because then I could just like put a bag on his head and, I don't know, turn him round. <laughs> yeah, give him a shave. But I think that, that's, um, that suggests to me you kind of have a fairly limited imagination in these matters. Maybe, yeah. Because, like, you know... Well, I suppose with a chick with a dick, there's other things... Yeah, exactly. Do, but he did say sleep with. Okay, is that how you... Is that the criteria? It involves penetration. Okay. <laughs> Those are your criteria? Well, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm taking from the question. Okay. So, yeah, I reckon uh, quick shave, bang on the head, flip him over, <laughs> pretend to close your eyes and think of England. I see. <laughs> well... I learn so much about each other doing this, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, disgusting question, Steve. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, you've got a, you've got a question from Katie Reeves that's nowhere near in the same ballpark. She was she said, if you could, if you'd you, almost think they're different people. <laughs> yeah. If you could have witnessed an event in history, what would it be? Ooh. No chicks with dicks in this question. No. 
Lucky you. I don't know. <laughs> We're back to I don't know. We've had well, there's lots of good. There's lots of good things, aren't there? Lots of uh, things you could. Uh, yeah, pick one. An historical event. Mm. Mm. I think watching the Berlin Wall come down would be, or no, watching people dancing on the Berlin Wall would be a good one. And the, re- the reason I say it is because when I was, I guess I'd have been about four years old, three or four years old, very, very young when it actually happened. Mm. And my mum, at the par- I, I have no recollection of this whatsoever. Was it 89? 88 or 89, one or the other. Yeah. And it was on the news, obviously, all over the news. And I don't recall this happening, but my mum apparently said to me at the time, Andrew, watch this. This is really, really important, and it would be good if you could remember it. Right. Oh, I've completely forgot it. <laughs> so, anyway, believe it or not, I was a bit of a dumbass at the age of four. Oh, really? Yeah. I know, it's astonishing, isn't it? <laughs> I know, look uh, how far you've come. Yeah, quite. Um, so, I guess from that point of view, it would be good to sort of see it done properly. But there's a the thing, I mean, like, is history just events, or is it sort of a long-term... Well, no. Long-term but... trends and things. <coughs> or is it just one fucking thing after another? It usually is. Yeah. One fucking thing after another. But there you go, the Berlin... The people Would you be up there the dancing Berlin with them? I can't dance. Doing so. the mashed potato? I don't think they did the mashed potato. <laughs> oh, OK. I think well, the only dance... It's weird, I can't dance, but I can do the worm. <laughs> you can do the worm? But I can't dance. I've seen you break dance in the streets of Canterbury. That's true. <laughs> That's a story for another time, but I guess. But I can't dance, really. Oh, do you know what I mean? No, I, I, can, I can kind of do these slightly these novelty moves, yeah. like actual <laughs> actual you know sort of standard dancing. Well, me and you, dreadful. T- me and you teamed up at Jason's wedding well, and um, absolutely schooled Jamie and Ruth. And well, that, that's when we did the dual worms, if you recall. Did we do dual worms? Yeah, yeah, I think we might because have we had a bit of a team talk beforehand, oh, a bit yeah. of a huddle. Yeah, we were <laughs> like, right, yeah, when, just when just when they think they're. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, getting on top of us, we just busted that. Busted, and I think that was it. They they conceded. No, it was then. the uh, it was the jacket move that won it. Oh, was it? Because I had um, you had you were opening. We, we each... had we'd had a bit to drink, so I can't remember. <laughs> oh, the I remember order of it. You were opening um, your blazer, like left to right, yeah, and I was yeah. pretending to take things out of your pockets yeah, yeah. as you were doing it, and they just they were stunned. Right. Jamie and Ruth just that was it. They and didn't they, have an answer to that, did they? Yeah, we were like, what? No, bring it. <laughs> anyway, I so, guess it's my turn, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, your turn. Right, let's see. What have you got for me? Katie Reeves. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Double. Double. Which would you choose? To be ugly and live forever, or to be attractive and live for a year? Uh, definitely the first one. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'd rather be ugly and live... Was it forever? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather that, because... I mean, if I was if I was attractive for a year and then that was it, like there's only so much that being attractive can kind of get you in life. I think I think we we have to assume for the sake of the question that it's at the extreme ends of the ugly attractive scale. Yeah, but you know, I mean, yeah, not fair sort enough. of reasonably attractive or reasonably ugly, like well, yeah, absolute so I, horror. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, a demigod. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I'd still go for being ugly and live forever. Okay. There's more I could get out of life in that long period of time. I'd just, I'd just shut myself away from everyone, <laughs> like Quasimodo, and going like being rich as a person 
rather than right. be attractive for a year and do what like have everyone love me for a year and then I'm gone and that's it that's 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 pretty but then dull. Is, you know, is is immortality desirable it's the thing that's making me want to choose the first one it's not the being immortal part it's just I don't want to live for just a year mm. that, that's not enough that's okay. not enough time no okay. matter how okay. well, let's, let's say for sake of argument then that on the sliding scale both of these positions were pulled back in slightly right. so let's say you were you know, not attractive but not an absolute horror plain let's say and you had a sort of ordinary lifespan or, or you looked like James Dean <laughs> and had a, a, a <laughs> di- and died a, died young uh, well, that's more difficult then which would you choose uh, I'd still rather live long I'd rather ling- live as long as possible okay. to be honest I'd, I'd prefer that like yeah, to being attractive is fine. I think I think there's a, an existential dimension to this question we should explore. Right. Get cracking. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, what I mean is it's you know, you know, what is life as yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. as the kids often say these days. Okay. Well, in my opinion, like as I've said, like there's more to life than being attractive and good looking, and I'd I'd, I'd rather like disregard my looks and my appearance and actually just you, you don't need you don't need to look a certain way to like obtain things from life no, the, the, no. probably the more important things in life you don't need to be attractive to obtain is what I mean mm. like the superficial stuff fine like I'll probably get a lot further like I'll probably have a lot maybe I'll have more friends and more like sex and more I don't know I don't know. I could probably, yeah, things like that. Anyway, yeah, I could probably get more of. But are those things necessarily that important, like to someone's own mm. their whole life? Because, oh, well, like, at the end of the day, in our lives, we all are going to end up not looking attractive because we're all going to get old, and like the looks go anyway. Yeah, that's true. Unless so, you're George Clooney, <laughs> somehow seem to get better looking as he ages. All right. You what? have a little thing for George? No, no, not at all. Just, you know, I think I can objectively say that he has this astonishing gift for ageing extremely well. Like a fine wine. Yeah. All right. Good for him. Good luck to him. Good question. That was yeah. a little bit deep. I like it. Yeah. All right, Liam. Liam McFarlane. Mm. Um, how much would it cost for you to shave your head, give yourself a goatee, and take on the persona of Don Logan for a fly-on-the-wall mockumentary? Oh, uh. And he's obviously aimed this at you for a reason. Quite a lot is what it would cost, I'm afraid, Lim. <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out entirely, but I would need to be very well compensated to do it. <laughs> basically. Largely because I think that... Uh, I should, we should probably point out that, those who don't know, Don Logan is the villain in a movie called Sexy Beast. Mm. And uh, Don Logan is played by Ben Kingsley, who... You'll probably remember mostly for Gandhi. And in Sexy Beast, he's a psychotic Cockney hardman. And he's absolutely bloody terrifying. So, you know, I think there's a certain amount of risk involved in impersonating a Cockney hardman, you know, all the time. Because eventually someone will... Uh, you couldn't pull it off, I don't think. I don't think I could pull it off convincingly, <laughs> because I'm, I'm not a method actor, for one thing. No, you'd have to get right into the... 
that sort of mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I couldn't see you like as a Cockney hard man. Mm. It's just not you, man. No, it's, it's it. It wouldn't come naturally. No. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, for, for those who are not familiar, definitely go and watch Sexy Beast. It's a great movie. There we go. It's got Ray Winston in it as well. What a classic. Yeah. Love a bit of Ray. Um, uh, okay. My go again? Yeah, I suppose it is. I think it's uh, Liam. It's Liam again, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could be one of the four elements, which would you rather be? And he points out that he specifi- uh, specifies four elements because you're not allowed to choose Mila Jovovic. Uh, mm. <laughs> the fifth element. The fifth element, yeah. yeah. Or Die Hard in Space, as it's otherwise known. Yeah. Um, so what have we got? Earth, wind, fire and water. Yep. Which ones? Which one do you like the best? I like water the best. Why? Um, again, could go a little bit deep with this, but I do have like a sort of appreciation of water. It's wet. Yes, and it's um, it's just from from my own experience of being. Um, basically, I had tonsillitis once and went into hospital, and then getting. Um, that feeling, I've never had it before where you get put on a drip. Uh, yeah. I've never felt that before with just water going into my body because I couldn't drink anything, obviously. I couldn't, so the feeling of that going into my body and how, just how much better I felt just from having it in my body, mm. it made me really appreciate. Yeah, being water. hydrated is usually advisable. Yeah. yeah. So, it is, yeah. It is a strategy that commends itself to anyone who's vaguely sensible, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So I would, yeah, definitely choose water. I'm sure there's yeah. a, there is I think, advantages I think for the others. Not to say that the others aren't any good. No, no, but I just... I mean, yeah. fire's quite good. Yeah, fire's quite good. Uh, what else was there? Wind. Wind and earth. Earth. Yeah, I just, to me personally, water's the one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Good answer. Like <laughs> cool. Um, all right, your turn. Chris Wakelin. Mm. If you could go back and give a teenage you sex tips... What would you say? <laughs> um, try and have some. <laughs> try and have some. What about you? What, 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 what advice would you uh, give to your teenage self? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, you, you, your technique is perfect. Always has been. Oh, is it about technique? Well, I don't know. Oh, I go back and like practice my cock push-ups. Ah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you can't, can't. Uh, yeah, you, you need to um, work out. You the can't muscle. ignore the cock push-ups. Yeah, you always you use it or lose it, as they say. Yeah. So yeah, get on the cock push-ups, I guess. Oh, there we go. All right, your turn. Oh, me again. Yep. Now this is the question for the ages, Matt Raven. Right. Why don't you like clutch? <laughs> and again, oh, to explain right. for people who don't know, clutch are an American rock band who also happen to be the greatest band in the universe. And Chris, inex- Chris inexplicably doesn't like them. And no, Matt would like to know let why. Me, let me explain. Um, I don't not like Clutch. I just had it drilled into my head every gig for about a year um, in Andrew's car or Jason's car, non-stop. And, we've, and you say we've, it as if this is a bad thing. It is. It is a bad thing. You're wrong. But no, no, I'm not wrong. If I was to play something to you non-stop, know how good it was, what, like you'd tool? just get sick of it. You can't get sick at all, mate. <laughs> but, so, but you said you, you just said if I played something to you non-stop. Tool, tool's not music. 
Well, tall's more than music. Oh, right, it's, right, it's, right, it, right, it, right. it's tall and clutch. Nah. Wow, they're very different bands, aren't they? Yeah, they, they, they are. appeal. They appeal to very different uh, um, yeah. musical impulses, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but why don't you like Clutch? I don't not like Clutch. Mm. I would have had. I probably would like Clutch a lot more if it hadn't been drilled into my fucking head every gig of every weekend for a year solidly by you and Jason. So it's your fault. You and Jason are the reason I don't like Clutch that much anymore. So you only have yourself to blame. You'll forgive me if I appear to be somewhat vexed mm. by your statement. Well, you know. Okay, so the answer to that is Chris is a Wally, basically. Yeah, let's go with I'm a Wally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, Matt. He's probably listening to Clutch now in his car. Yeah, well, he's a good man. Um, so. All right, um, Adam Jarrett. Um, another guitar-related requ- uh, question from Adam. Excellent. Um, every guitarist has a certain riff they play when are warming up and he points out that his would be Blood and Thunder by Mastodon. What is yours? Well, I have several that I know of that I can think of immediately. Yeah, so do I. But that I know of that you play. But, you know, some, some, some of them apparently I do unconsciously. Like, you just told me that apparently I play Black Blackened. and by Metallica. Yeah, you do that a lot. And I genuinely don't recall the you've last time that. I played it. You've done that a lot. Yeah. And I um, think it's just so automatic that I just, yeah, you know, but you know, for the for actual sort of uh, you know when we're sound checking gigs and whatnot, I suppose there are three riffs which. There's the. Getting so into it. Yeah. Oh wait. Yes, that's. Through Silver in Blood by Neurosis, and it's just unbelievably heavy riff. You should listen to Neurosis. It's like it's the musical equivalent of being trapped in a cave and realizing you'll never see daylight again, and it's amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I suppose or- Orange one? Goblin. I do that one. Oh yeah. I yeah, do. Yeah. I do round up the horses by Orange Goblin, mm. which I like a lot. And sometimes I do the Elephant Riders by Clutch because again, that's quite a fun riff to play. Yeah. You can put a lot of sort of swagger into it. So those are the main sort of... Warm-up but they're not really warm-ups, are they? They're just kind of... Just an impulse. Yeah. And you have a guitar that's I don't, about to be really loud. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't recall the last time I bothered to warm-up properly, which is probably <laughs> not a good thing to admit, really. Professional. Yeah, totally. This is how we do it in the big leagues, yeah, folks. Yeah, right, yeah. hit me with a question. Yeah, I've got a sneaking suspicion. It's Adam again. Oh, is it? Yeah, no. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There seems to be a bit of a pattern developing here. Mm. Adam would like to know your top five guitarists. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Similar to how someone asked you your favourite drummer or whatever a few weeks ago. Ah, who, was it Paul Perkins? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who asked that one? Okay, so, favourite uh, guitarists. Go on then, mate. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, I'll do, I'll do it in no particular order. Okay. Um, <laughs> see you looking at me. Um... I'm gonna say, I'm gonna have to say Adam Jones from Tool, obviously. What do you um, What do you appreciate about Adam Jones's playing? I appreciate the the kind of the way he can create. Like he can just put you in a place that is just completely separate from where you were before, just from this from such from minimal contact with a guitar as well. 
Like, it's amazing. Yeah, right. it's a very minimalist... Well, yeah. then again, I mean... I, I Less mean, is more, sometimes. The funny thing is, though, it sounds minimal. Mm. I suppose it is, but... It depends what song you're listening to. Yeah, but, you know, I, I had to learn a bit of Tool for one of my guitar pupils not so long ago, and it's surprisingly complicated. Mm. Even though, on the face of it, they I look like really it's, straightforward it's riffs. A lot of, there's a lot of subtlety involved. Yeah. I think that's what makes it complicated. It's not yeah. like just doing some, like, mad riff. It's the way he does things. It's the way it's arranged as well, I guess. Mm. Like, the way it interacts with the drums and the bass is yeah. quite unusual yeah, for, yeah. for a rock band, for so a power trio. He, he would definitely be up there. Um, I'm going to say Tom Morello as well. Rage and Audio Slave. Again, just because it's... I, I think the things I enjoy most with guitar, it's not, the, not necessarily like mad riffs and stuff. It's like the sort of the creative original side of it the thing the sounds you can that trailblazing mentality yeah, yeah exactly um so he'd be there um i'm gonna say dimebag okay that's that's just a given dimebag like and that that is kind of going against what i just said because i just love his riffs like what, some of the best yeah riffs. so what's what is it with dimebag that really kind of uh, flicks your switches on a musical level swagger okay like just like it just it like there's so many times I listen to a Pantera song and I'm just and I'm it's, I'm just like I wish I'd come up with that riff, like it's because it just you listen to it and you go that's so simple but the mm. way he's done it with just such like that sovereign like the nonchalant ease of a true virtuoso yeah basically. there you go yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what though I mean I I you know I suspect a lot of it is that that chemistry he had with Vinnie Paul though well yeah you know what I mean I think I mean the riffs themselves are great. Mm. But the way the drums, again, interact with it, yeah, yeah, is really, really what seals the deal. I think that chemistry between brothers. Yeah, well, yeah, they learn to play together pretty yeah. much, I guess, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, there so, you go. Yeah. Um, so that's three. That's three. I'm gonna say, um, who else would I put up there? Let's let's say Joe Duplantier. Okay. Again. Is that specifically the guitar, his guitar playing though, or is well, it? Well, it's more with him. I think again, it's it's that simple, that simplicity again. It's like they Gojira can just make like a riff that if we brought it, if I brought it into rehearsal, it would sound like garbage. Hmm. And when they all come together, I think again, he's probably complemented by the understanding the rest of the band have with each other. Hmm. Like, but yeah, the, again, the that's, whole being making greater. making a simple thing sound crushing and just like like you just want to play it yeah. like like again another riff they made that um i would love to have made myself is the, the heaviest matter of the universe the main mm, riff in that that riff every time i hear it i'm just like oh that should be mine do you know what i mean there's a lot of very very good riffs in that song yeah yeah um so one more guitarist Go on then. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> One get, more. get it off your chest. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Um. No, don't need to think too hard. You know, <laughs> the answer. The answer may be closer than you uh, <laughs> than you imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm gonna say Billy Howardell. Perfect circle. Sorry. What? <laughs> Who? Yeah. How'd you like that? It's not nice, is it? When the tables are turned. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Shocked and stunned. Mate. And I'm going to say, because just quickly, because he makes the 
the prettiest music on a guitar I've ever heard. Alright. There you go. Cool. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it me now? Yeah, you, you've got to ask me one now. I've you one. Okay. Oh, I like this one. Uh, it's Liam again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are the first man in existence. Nothing has been named. Education and language do not exist. The first thing you see is your penis. What do you name it? And I'd just like you to ignore all the complications with this question. Yeah, it's and good. just so like you basically he wants to know if you could come up with the name for the your penis. Schlong. Yeah, what would you call it? Your Johnson. Yeah. Is your that length. <laughs> your length, yeah. Your chopper. <laughs> this could go on indefinitely. Your John Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Your Wang. <laughs> yeah. So what would you what would you call it? Well, what would you call anything? Well, you gotta think if you were like the if say you were like a let's just say you were like a caveman and you'd never you like you just saw him and went oh oh and you like prodded and poked it <laughs> and realised that, that was blind. fun. Never <laughs> getting blimey, never noticed that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What like, all it's for? I'm thinking like you know, um, I don't know, small to big stick. <laughs> Uh, I quite like that. Actually. Small to big stick. Small to big stick. Yeah, that uh, would be <laughs> mm. something like that. What would that? What would you? What would you go for? I don't think I can improve on that. Really. Oh damn it! Thing is, as a caveman with presumably extremely limited vocabulary, yeah. it's difficult to know what ideas I might have. Yeah. Because I, I do take the view that ideas and language, and, you know, are very very tightly bound up together. Mm. In fact, I don't believe you can have one without the other. Mm. Bit, early, bit early for that, isn't it, mate? That's not a bit, come on. Uh, this it is a cool, refreshing San Pellegrino. Blood what? orange flavour. San who? I'll put the can there. San Pellegrino. I gave you one mm. like ages ago and you were like, that's fucking gorgeous. Very lardy da. Yeah, mate. No, um, looks, looks tasty. Is it my question now? Yeah. You go ask me a question now. Yeah, yeah, I have. One second, okay. I just consult my uh, your list of okay questions. Josie Creamer asks, mm -hmm. "Would you rather never be able to see or listen to your favourite band ever again, while still being able to listen to everything else, or mm. to only be able to listen to your favourite band to the exclusion of everything else?" <laughs> So let's, we're talking about Tool, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't. Not, could you only? I couldn't not listen to Tool. But could you listen oh, to? Only, could you a, listen only to Tool? Though? That's a really. I could listen to only Tool. I think. But there is other stuff I I love, like. Because let's say that Tool. I mean, you know, Tool does not have a very long discography. In terms, um, I'm talking in terms of full lengths. Well, long enough if you consider the amount of length, the, the amount of material of the on each one. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I suppose that's fair. That wouldn't that wouldn't bother me. Okay. Uh, I think it's it's more. There's other stuff that. Thing is, tall puts tall probably probably puts me in the best mindset that is helpful to me as a person. If mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah. You know how music yeah. certain types of music will put you in a certain mood. Like, but there's there's parts of. Other there's, there's other bands that put me in touch with other parts of my personality that sometimes I just can't ignore. Mm. Like, 
American Head Charge, for example, is a band that puts me in touch with a part of myself that's slightly darker and slightly, like, sometimes you need to express that side of yourself. And they're a band I can always listen to and then get into that mindset and it releases it in a healthier way. Whereas Tool, it's, it's, all, it's all kind of just a... It just puts me in a very... It's, that's the place I go to to be centred and more myself and more grounded and more at peace, I suppose. So I probably could I probably could just listen to Tool. And I yeah I couldn't live without Tool, so I'm gonna have to just <laughs> listen to Tool basically. There you go. That's, yeah. that's the answer. I'm gonna go with that. Sorry all the other bands I like, but Tool are better than all of you. It's alright, it's alright guys. <laughs> I mean I know what it's like to be snubbed by this, uh, this guy. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you deserve You're it. in good company. Yeah. So basically neither of us like us each other's playing. No. <laughs> alright, fair enough. Alright, your turn. Yep. Let's hear it, motherfucker. Liam again. He's rather monopolising this programme. <laughs> he is, he loves yeah. it. Loving it. If you were to write a concept album about a pair of old socks, what themes would you touch upon? Uh, let's think. It's a bit of a... Being lost, having only one, per- only one partner in life, having... Um, being, being walked over, um, being being washed, cleansed, um, having holes in me that make then make me not useful. I mean, are, are all of these things... <laughs> I thought I did well, then. Are all of these things metaphors for the human yeah, condition? Yeah, you see what I've done. Maybe we should write a concept album about socks. Well, there you go, Liam. You've, uh, you've inadvertently... Yeah, mate. Uh, instigated a classic album. Yeah, mate. Well done. We can write it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like to, yeah, I've, I feel like I'm not that question right out of the park there. Smashed it. Yeah, mate. As uh, Noel Fielding once said to Terry yeah. Wogan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we could get quite deep here again with the next question. Um, it's just two words from Paul Perkins, Phil Anselmo. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a twit. He's been a bit of a naughty boy. He has, hasn't he? And... Um, it is heartening, I think, actually, to see, for the most part, the way the metal community and the metal media has responded Yeah, has been, for the most part, universal condemnation. The thing is, I, did, I wanted to share a story, actually. Uh, you might have been there, actually. Bloodstock. I remember, and I know what you're going to say as Yeah, because well. he said, when we saw Down, loving it, it, they were amazing. Yeah. Right near the front, getting smashed to pieces. It was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Phil said something like, give it up for the blacks and everyone kind of went what? what's he on about what is he on about and then mm-hmm. later he said it was a reference to the metal community wearing black shirts and it's just that whole thing of you 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 he knows that saying that is gonna like provoke mm. a situation and then tries to dig himself out of it in such a pathetic way yeah it's yeah, just yeah. like stop digging holes and, it's, and then like coming up with lame word excuses to get out of it you you're You've got problems. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's disappointing when, you know, someone whose music you've, you've loved for a long time and whose music has in many ways shaped your own musical outlook. Yeah. You know, like you know, the stuff he's done with Down and, and Pantera being the prime ones. And Superjoint. Destroying! Yeah, well, you know, I think it's... You know what I mean, though? It's like you... Well, this this is actually interesting because it, remember the remember the question we had from Matt Ruff a while ago about can you oh, appreciate separating, yeah, the, separating the art from the, the artist. artist? I think well, I think in order to enjoy 
continuing to enjoy that music, we're going to have to, aren't we? Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, I, I saw there's things like I saw a comment from someone replying to his because you saw his apology video. Uh, yes. Where he looks like absolutely, like he's either wasted or upset. I can't tell. I th- yeah, I, I interpret it as him sort of looking a bit miffed that he has to do it at all. Yeah. But I saw a comment from someone saying um, that he was a fan of Pantera and was black. Mm. And I always just I always think that that must be so hard to hear. Like if they were, if you're yeah. if you're a black guy and you're into Pantera and then you hear him say that, like how's that going to make you feel? And it's just like it's just such a disrespectful thing to say. Like and that mindset is just so Neanderthal and like. I think can we not just get out of that now? Why do these people still exist? Like, <laughs> I, mean, I think he, just, I think that he really made matters worse for himself by doing that non-apology first. Yeah, and then only issuing something resembling an actual apology. Yeah, several days later. Yeah, it's the, and it's and the, I think yeah. and I think you know I, I I genuinely think that if he really really owned it immediately. Yeah, and sincerely, it would have. This would have turned out a lot better for him, yeah. you know, because I, I, I think, in that sort of situation, I would have thought the. The proper procedure is to basically put your hands up, admit that you've fucked up massively, yeah. Say sorry, don't make excuses, basically, and then shut up for a long time, yeah, and just and just hope that people, forgive are you. willing to let it go, mm. you know. Um, but saying, oh, you're, I mean, his initial response was, you'll need to grow thicker skin and... It's like, no. It's like, no, no. That's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't our problem. No. You know? Yeah, exactly. The problem is not us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In this situation. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, it's, we won't talk about it for too long because yeah. it's, yeah. We're rant and rave about this for hours, I think. Yeah. All right. What have you got for me? Tom Silas asks... Mm-hmm. How does Chris approach double kick? He is always ultra tight from what I've seen, as though there is an inner metronome rather enviable. Did he start working with his feet early on? We should probably again point out that double kick is is a is a drumming thing. Mm. There you go. Um first Chris is a drummer in case you really that's nice of Tom to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's a bit of a softball question, isn't it? (laughs) Um the answer is, I got into drums by list what by, well through Mudvayne basically and their drummer, and the one thing that I always took from him was that every time you hit something on a drum kit, make it count. Like <laughs> you showed me that video where he's absolutely larping the kit, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he's like, still properly just so it. perfectly in time, but just absolutely losing his shit. It's amazing, but. Um, yeah, I I I kind of approached double like drums in general with quite um in quite a childish way I suppose because I just saw double pedal and went that's the best thing in the world. <laughs> like it just sounds great and I need to do it. So I started learning double pedal probably sooner than I should have. Um but I yeah, I I I guess I approach it by in my head I tend to focus on what my right leg is doing and primarily only that and then if like my other leg <coughs> eventually is just in sync with it so so is your is your right leg on on the strong beats so like yeah, one, two, three, the right fours. leg is the one I'd be using 
if I wasn't even using a double kick. If I was using a single pedal, I'd be using my right oh, okay. leg. Okay, so, so your left leg is sort of off beats. And yeah, yeah. Like so I guess it's I'm more of a I'm not blessed with like a lot of technique, I guess. So I tend to go for power. <laughs> but um, yeah. you're not into the whole George Kalias swivel technique and all that sort of stuff. No, these are things I need to learn basically, and it would make me a better player. And things that like, cracking, drummers, though. including Tom, are actually probably a lot better at me than me at doing. And um, yeah, I, I, I suppose it's a case of uh, if you. If you're gonna do something, if you're well, do do it well. Try and fuck by it. if you, if that's what you've got in your arsenal and you know you're okay at it or you're good at it, then focus on that first. So cultivate your strengths. There you go. That would be. Don't worry arsenal. about your weaknesses. <laughs> For now. No, that Steve Vai said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with ignore your weaknesses. Well, but I did say I don't think well, don't focus I think you said don't worry about your weaknesses. Well, it's like it's in, what, in, in, well, a way to kind of um, to well, don't it. get hung up on them. Well, Tom, I think that's I don't take. I have to say, well. Chris is going to be absolutely insufferable after <laughs> after that. No, so. I won't. No, at least at least he notices I can play drums. Oh well, yeah, like, you're all right, I suppose. Yeah, cheers. All right, <laughs> your go. Your turn for I mean, a you question. Can find, you can find the one most of the time, which is oh, cheers, mate. Um, Alright, <laughs> it's Liam again. Oh my god, <laughs> can't get rid of the man. Yeah, he wants to know if we were going to have a cook-off, oh. with three dishes each, what would we uh, What would we cook? And he said he'd happily film us doing it in our chef hats and aprons and things. Yeah, right. Um, my, I love cooking. Mm. I'm not very good at it, and my repertoire of uh, dishes is very limited. So yeah. if someone said you've got to go and cook something right now, yeah, impress me. Mm. Um, I just keep it very simple. So what would your starter be? A soup of some kind. Okay. So maybe like some, you know, you make butternut squash soup. All right. Main. A bit of spice. Main. Uh, chili con carne. Yeah. <laughs> really, really basic. Okay. But yeah, chili con carne with like a load of. Garlic bread and yeah, yeah. and rice, all the and, trimmings. You know, no, nothing fancy because I tend to Dessert. get it wrong. Ooh, um, I can only from my from my recollection, I can only do two desserts, and they are apple crumble nice. with custard, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, what's the point if it's not got custard, right? Yeah, yeah. And. Um, I can also do a syrup sponge pudding, okay. which is also very very nice with custard. Always uh, custard. Now I'm I'm fully aware of the fact that this is a very incongruous meal. I've, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, a little bit. <laughs> it's very uh, strange. Yeah. So soup, oh, chili, and apple crumble. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I suppose well, I could always do a sorbet course as well, just to make it even more. Oh yeah, you're gonna try more. and outdo me. Well, I'll just buy the sorbet to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, just keep it in the freezer. And I suppose cheese board afterwards. Oh, right. It's free the... courses, mate. You don't have to make the cheese though, do you? Well, no. You're just like, <laughs> just trying to like put me to shame. No. Okay. Five courses you've, you've had now. Well, yeah. The thing is, two of those courses are cheats, aren't they? So. Yeah. So what would, you, what would you make then if, you were, if we were having a cook off? Um, for starter. I reckon I would make 
a delicious. A delicious. <laughs> I should maybe I should have added the word delicious to <laughs> yeah, my end. More and, yeah. Um, a prawn cocktail. <laughs> like, this is oh, yes. 1970s all of a sudden. Yeah, mate. Oh, my God. Crack one of them out. Like, yeah. Then go for a uh, a steak, medium rare. Ah, uh, yeah, medium rare. With, um, so, with so. potato dauphinoise. Mm-hmm. Very mm. good. Yeah, mate. Um, and dessert, I'd, I'd just, like, make some jelly. <laughs> just for a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone likes jelly. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Those are two, yeah. I would say, two excellent meals. Yeah. And there's very little to choose between them. Yeah, we'd have to, we'll have to do this. I think the cheese board them. seals it, though. Well, I'd have a, I'd have a cheese board, too. How oh. about that? I'd have a cheese board times infinity. Oh, he's got me. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Didn't, didn't think of that. <laughs> Alright, uh, cool. So, so it's your go, isn't it? My question, my mm. turn. I'm quite enjoying the back and forth. Yeah. Emily asks, mm-hmm. would you rather be 90 with a mind of a 30-year-old or 30 with a mind of a 90-year-old? So, Ooh. me, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh. I would rather... I'd rather be, I'd rather be thirty with the mind of a ninety-year-old. I think, because okay. I think if I was ninety with the mind of a thirty-year-old, I'm gonna end up, I'm gonna hurt myself. Yeah, <laughs> basically, at least. Cowabunga. It, yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, I mean, if I was thirty with the mind of a ninety-year-old, at least I'd just be, I'd probably have a lot of wisdom, but I'd still be youthful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be. No. You're bigging yourself up a bit there, mate. Well, you know. Yeah, mind of a 90-year-old. It's not necessarily a good thing. You're a senile old prick. No, cheers. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, not at all. <laughs> all right, fair enough. So there, there you go, Emily. That's a, that's a good answer, I think. Um, well, done. well done. Yeah, cheers, mate. No, no worries. <laughs> good job. Tom Silas, he, uh, he wants to know, how do you start writing a solo? Is it a start, is it a start with improv and build job? Or do you go section by section? Ooh. Oh, we're going to be here for fucking days now, aren't we? No, no, because I, um, I, I, I actually, somebody asked me about this recently, actually. Right. So I've already figured out. You know what you're going to say. The funny thing is, I didn't really, I didn't, wasn't sort of consciously aware of what my process was until that other person asked me to describe it. Oh, okay. And when I described it, I was like, it took me quite a while, but I found that I do, a, whether I, whether I consciously realised it or not to begin with, I do actually have a process. And what is that process? Well, it's a bit, it is a little bit of both. Um, I First thing you've got to do, I think, is look at the riffs, look at the chord changes, and figure out what key, is, what key or keys are involved in the entire business. Yeah. You know. Um, because otherwise you won't know what notes to play. The problem I usually have then is that you know, I, I know a whole bunch of scales and I can do a bunch of techniques. And the trouble is that gives you an extremely... When you combine all those various combinations together, it gives you a lot of different directions you can go in. Right. So the problem I usually have is sort of option paralysis. I've got too many choices mm. for what to do, you know. Um, so rather... Unconsciously, I think what I started doing was deliberately putting restrictions on myself. Okay. So saying, or making, 
doing deliberate criteria. So you could say something like, okay, for the first bit, maybe you should play only pentatonic, but you're going to do it in a strict 16th pattern and you're going to do it in sequences of five because that just sounds unusual or whatever, you know. Okay. And straight, but the thing is, then straight away, because you've then given yourself guidelines to work on, yeah. you then, it increases your odds of finding something that's going to work, I think, rather than sort of scrambling around in the dark trying to yeah, yeah. find something that sounds cool, you know. And I do tend to do it section by section as well. Okie okay. dokie. Okay. Uh, so from uh, Dano. Hello, Dano. Hello, mate. Um, <laughs> this, is, this will live in the mood. Um, would you rather be able to squirt milk from your nipples or have a pair of tits for a day? What? <laughs> what, an, what an intriguing question. <laughs> are, they, are, are both conditions only for a day? Well, no. He said be able to squirt milk from your nipples. Indefinitely. Yeah. Or just have a pair of tits for a day. I think the first one would be... <laughs> grim. Well, you know, would it? Would I have complete voluntary control? I think so, it? yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so when you're making tea for someone... <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Oh dear. I, I, we're out of milk. Oh, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> oh, I'm going to surprise you here. Oh, God. Or you could just have a pair of tits for a day. <laughs> Making you reconsider that cheese board all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Um, you see, for me, this isn't a would you rather. It's, well, it, it, well, it is. A, it obviously is yeah. a would you rather. Obviously. Yeah. Um, it's more of a which of these scenarios sounds not well it's, which of these sounds least dr less dreadful well, what, well, what would you do with a pair of tits for a day <laughs> what can you do stay indoors and like fondle yourself yeah but it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> when they you know when, when they're yours I imagine <coughs> it's not as nice yeah <laughs> alright so would you rather have the milk from the nipples forever that you can just is it forever or you... yeah forever mm. you can voluntarily like choose when to squirt hmm <laughs> you might as well have the nipples okay I'm just saying I'm offering some advice okay well I'll, I'll take it I'll take it. <laughs> on, on, on what basis do you uh... because pair of tits for a day well what are you going to do with a pair of tits for a day not much but at least if you can squirt milk from your nipples. You don't have to squirt it from your nipples. You can just choose to, like, say you were like in the desert and you were like, oh god, like, it's going to come in handy then, isn't it? Yeah, but I, if you're badly dehydrated, then I'd imagine <laughs> milk was a bad choice. Well, no, I was going to say producing milk through your body's own moisture mm. is probably going to make you even more dehydrated. The well, only, the you, only difference you've is you impose that on the question yourself. No. Well, yeah, because you can squirt milk. You can produce milk from your nipples. You don't have to say it's going to make you, you like indefinitely. It's not going to run out. It's not going to dehydrate you more. Okay. You kind of recycling it. Yeah, but the, in the mouth, straight back up. Oh, I suppose, I suppose there's that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, it does sound a bit grim. But helpful in the in the desert. I suppose it might be, but yeah, you know, in the desert, what you really got to worry about is nighttime. Well, yeah, but because because there's obviously the thing thing. Defining, uh, <coughs> defining characteristic of deserts is there's not a whole lot in them. No. 
And even though it gets bloody hot during the day, there's... Freezing at night. Yeah, like literally freezing. Yeah. Um, I think surviving the night would actually be harder in that But then you could, you could squirt milk out of your nipple and turn it into like a ice, a milk lolly pop. And how's that going to keep you warm? It wouldn't. You'd just be a man in the cold in the desert holding you an just, ice cream. <laughs> I may be about to freeze to death, but at least I can produce ice lollies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how milk could help you become warmer. Well, there's other things. Let's let's leave that. Yeah, yeah. It's true. <laughs> I can't believe we went on that long, to be honest. Um, okay, well, we'll leave the other three. Um, for next week sorry we didn't get to those um, but um, it's joke time mother yeah you know what that means don't you oh, you're, why do you always have to leave before the joke he's building up tension because you always uh, give me a tea beforehand oh. what am I going to do in the, uh, in the silence inter- in the intervening period yeah uh, I'll think of something uh, thank you this is a penultimate episode so Next week's going to be the last one for, I don't know how long. It might only be a couple of weeks and then we'll just start doing them again. Maybe we'll change the format around, get get some new ideas for quizzes. I'm sure I'll see a lot of you in the pub and be asking you for ideas of quizzes and more questions. And yeah, we'll have some more guests as well. Might even get a guest um, next week. Um, not sure who, but I'll think of something. For the last episode, it might be good to get another guest in. We won't have Jason again, because it was getting a bit out of hand. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's been uh, been real. It's been real. Um, Thank you for everyone that has given questions and actually given us something to talk about on the show. Sorry for annoying everyone by asking for questions. But, yeah. I think Andrew's back. I'm afraid so. He's back with, and it's joke time. So, how, how, um, how excited are you about this joke? Is this, uh, as you can tell, I'm positively cock a hoop. Yeah. <laughs> right, come on in. So, well, actually, we get we. Oh, you said there was two. There's there's a choice, isn't there? All right. Are they both long? They're both as long as I decide to make them. Okay, well, do you want to tell one quickly and then tell one drawn out? Okay. Well, first one was the amphibian. I want that one to be long, I think. That's the long one. Okay, and the short one's going to be the origin of... Eddie. uh, Eddie, of the Iron Maiden. So let's hear that one first. Okay. Well, here's the thing. The original Eddie Mm. was literally just a head. Okay. Um, Back in the very, very early days of Iron Maiden... They had their own sort of home, homemade uh, banner. Yeah. And next to the Iron Maiden logo was this sort of pale white face. Yeah. You know, just like a white mask, you know, that spits blood into the audience. So it was literally just a head, basically. Okay. And... Uh, Have you started telling the joke? No, I'm just giving a bit of background for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you need, you need <laughs> to understand this for it to make sense. Right. And um, they decided to name... The face, Eddie, after the character in a not particularly funny joke. Okay. Basically. So, once upon a time, there's this kid called Eddie. And uh, he was born as just a head, basically. Okay. 
Ed the Head, they called him. Ed the Head, funny yeah. that, cool. And um, that wasn't a joke. No. no. <laughs> and obviously, being just a head disadvantages one in life in a number of respects. Mm. And uh, he's coming up to his birthday one year, and his mum and dad discovered a doctor who could give him a body. Wow. Basically, he's like, oh, this is brilliant. We can finally give Eddie the life he deserves. Yeah. So they, uh, so Eddie's birthday comes around, and his mum and dad say, Eddie, we've got you the best present ever. Mm-hmm. And Eddie says, it better not be another fucking hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that was a nice go. little joke there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you've got one about an amphibian. An amphibian. All right, let's hear this one. Well, it seems to come back to animals, doesn't it? Yeah, I like the ones with animals. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Just giving them personas. And me... anthropomorphised uh, yeah. joke characters. Gives me a chuckle. So once upon a time, mm-hmm. there was a frog. Ooh. Yeah. You right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just get excited. <laughs> and, um, you know, as, as, um, as frogs go, mm. he uh, had, quite, uh, had a good, good, quite a good life. Cool. You know, that's nice to know. You know, in he was sort of the in his pond, he was reckoned to be uh, <laughs> a decent bloke. Yeah, yeah. Good career prospects. Yeah, cool. Uh, you know, had you know a very large lily pad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the trouble is, you know, you know, he was one of those. He was the sort of chap who, you know, is very very status conscious. You know. And he noticed that a lot of young upstart frogs were coming up there, mm. coming up, threatening his, uh, threatening his uh, his dominance of the pond. Mm. Basically, he's like, right, well, I've got to stay on top because unfortunately, he just had this obsessive desire to always be at the top. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so he decides, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a boat. Wow! And then I'll cruise around the pond in my boat. And, uh, and how many times? How many frogs have you seen driving a boat? Well, not many, yeah. if any. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he thought it's outrageous. Yeah, that would just blow everyone's mind. So that's the way forward. He checked his bank account, and uh, unfortunately, didn't uh, didn't have enough money in there. Oh, really? So oh, this is a problem. I need a bank loan. Right. So uh, he goes to the bank, you know, hops, hops along. With his uh, rabbit card. With, well, oh. oh, right, yeah. I just got that. <laughs> that wasn't even... That, only, I'm not even sure that works. <laughs> yeah, it works Cause, for me. Because frogs don't say rabbit. They kind of do. They say rabbit. Yeah. All right. So you're... you're, you're uh, <laughs> Tell the joke. The joke you've attempted to impute into mine has... Uh, Come on. Anyway. <laughs> so off he goes to the bank. And uh, with his rucksack bouncing off down the street. And eventually comes to the bank. And uh, quite a long line, but you know, patiently he's not got much else to do that day. Mm. So he gets to the uh, cashier. And he thought, well, he thought going to be quite a large loan I'm going to really really need to turn on the charm here mm-hmm. and so the cashier is a, a woman 
um, called uh, Miss Whack. Right. And uh, hello, Miss Whack. Miss Whack. Okay. Uh, how are you doing today? Says, so oh, you know, I'm uh, very well, thank you. How are you doing? Oh, good. So they get chatting for a bit, and uh, yeah. in the course of events, yeah, he's been sufficiently charming for her to reveal that uh, her name is actually uh, Patricia. Patricia. Patricia Wack. Patricia Wack. Yeah, yeah. But she says, you know, my, my, my friends call me Patty, you know. Okay, fair enough. And uh, so, here they get to talking, and he says, look, I'm going to level with you. I need quite a size. <laughs> what? I've already worked out the punchline. Uh, no, no, not yet, not yet. Yeah, I, I think I have. No, you but carry on. Like you've, not, you've not got enough information yet. I think I have. Come on. Have you heard this one before? No, but from what you've just said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what's coming out of this. All right. And uh, oh god. They get down to it, and it's like, well, I need quite a sizable loan. Yeah. You know, quite a big one. Says, oh, well, it's, okay, well, um, firstly, I need to take your name. What's your name? I'm going to die before you tell, because I'm just waiting for it now. Come on. All right. So what's your name? <sighs> oh, my name's Kermit. All oh, right. And, uh, oh, wait. The, the Kermit. The Kermit, yeah. Kermit the Frog. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, Kermit is quite, you have to understand, Kermit is quite a common name <laughs> oh, right. in the amphibian world. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. It's like Smith. Like when like a, like a person becomes famous, like Justin Timberlake, there's a lot of Justins start coming up. So Kermit, he was the famous frog. Yeah, exactly. Name Kermit, yeah. So, no, 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 no relation. Just uh, has to be. So I was like, "What's your name then? Uh, what's your okay? What's your last name then? Jagger. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fucking <laughs> hell. <Okay>, no. What? <laughs> oh, no, carry on. So, okay. Okay. Uh, Mr. Jagger. So. Uh, how much money do you need? I need twenty million pounds. Bloody hell! Well, yeah, he, he he doesn't just want a boat. He wants a luxury yacht. Yeah, yeah. You know? And you know, the cashier's kind of like, yeah, what? <sighs> yeah, you realise that's quite a lot of money, mm. and I'm not sure we'd be able to offer you a particularly uh, good interest rate on that <laughs> on that amount of money. Yeah. And uh, he said, "Well, you know what? Don't worry." I've got a good job. Mm. I'm in finance, as it happens, so I understand how these things work. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. It was a lie. But uh, oh, cheeky fucker. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a cheeky fucker, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, he says, but don't worry. I've got a job in finance. I make good money, and I have collateral. Mm. Ah, okay. Well, okay. When you say collateral, what have you got? I got this. What? You brought your collateral with you? Yeah. Okay, well, what have you got? So he opens up his rucksack. Yeah. And it's uh, this little porcelain statuette, figurine, whatever, of an elephant and a tutu ballet dancing. Right. That's your collateral, yeah? For a bank loan of £20 million, yeah? Excuse me one minute. (laughs) Okay. So uh, takes picks up the elephant and uh, goes off to see the manager. Yeah. And uh, the manager's like, ah, oh, hello. You right? <laughs> You'll never guess what. What? Well, this frog came in. No kidding. Mm. What's he want? He wants £20 million. <laughs> Does he now? Okay, yeah. well, who is he? He calls himself Kermit Jagger. Right. 
Okay. And uh, what? And what's that? What's that figurine? That's his collateral. You what? Yeah, I know. Says okay. Well, ponders on it for a second. He said, "I'll tell you what." And, yeah, I've, I've reached a I've reached a conclusion. I think we can do this. And she's like, "What? You you must be mad." I mean, look at this thing. Yeah. Hey, what is it even? And he says, "Well, yeah, it's a knickknack, Paddywhack. Give the frog a loan because his old man's a Rolling Stone." Oh God! I knew it. <laughs> I liked it even more because I knew what was coming. You couldn't have known all of it. I know, that but I didn't know joke. all of it, but I knew there was going to be... <laughs> Paddywhack. Yeah, and uh, give a frog alone. Give a frog alone. Yeah, very good. Nicely done, mate. No worries. Cool, man. Um, I guess, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. And um fancy a game of Tekken? Yeah. I'll Sweet. whoop your butt this time. Yeah, unlike last time, right? Yeah. Well, I think I... I, think I Caught on pretty well. Bear in mind, I've not played a game of Tekken in about 10 years at that point. Well, okay. Yeah, it showed. All right, anyway. Oh, um... Lovely, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks That's for listening. Fighting words right there, folks. We'll get, um, it's the last episode next week of the season, series, whatever. So we might get so, a guest in. Yeah, so then... get thinking about your questions because you know, we need some humdingers. Yeah, for next week, definitely. Some definite humdingers. Right. Let's hit that music. Oh, 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 oh.